Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, I'm glad that I had this opportunity. I'm sorry I haven't made a podcast in a few weeks. It's because I've been very busy with, of course, some great uh, events that we've been lucky enough to have put on. Uh, we are lucky enough to initiate a new Shami, or a novice minister in training. Uh, just this last weekend, we had a snowstorm, lots of things going on. But today I wanted to kind of go into a tradition-based question that usually comes up, and this might be a good way to give people an insight into some of our practices within Buddhist culture, especially I can speak for only, of course, Japanese uh, Nichiren and Buddhism. Uh, one of the traditions that many people are aware of, but in all the different lineages and sects that are done differently, that is the Buddhist name. So, I'm going to make the name of this podcast, What's in a Buddhist Name? And all of you might have experienced, uh, if you are studying Buddhism, uh, that some people have some Japanese-sounding or Tibetan-sounding or Chinese-sounding names, in addition to the, perhaps their birth name and last name. And this is what we call homyo, or Dharma name. And what is a Dharma name? How do we receive it? When do we receive it? And of course, that varies with, of course, every tradition and perhaps even every teacher. But today I'm just going to talk, of course, from my own uh, understanding and perspective, as limited as it might be. So I just wanted to share uh, some of my understanding with you about it. So a Buddhist name, in the name Ho, Myo, Ho, of course, is uh, Dharma, which is like in Namu Myo, Ho, Ho meaning Dharma, uh, Myo meaning name. And... Actually, my personal experience is that I've had multiple Dharma names, which is a good, uh, an interesting experience because, you know, I've studied under multiple traditions. Uh, my first Dharma name was Huai Gun, which is a very Chinese uh, sounding name in the Tiantai tradition under Shangguan Sifu in uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario. And the Huai Gun meant like a deep root, like a virtue or uh, teaching or ability. And I was given this at a, probably about, I would say, 17 years old uh, that I received it. And um, at the beginning, when I received it, of course, it was really wonderful to be instilled with a Dharma name, though I didn't always or maybe 100% understand it. Now, in that tradition, they gave you a Dharma name uh, when you took uh, refuge and then also took precepts. And that meant that uh, a master or a teacher uh, had chosen to accept you as a student. So therefore, they would give you a Dharma name. Now, even in that tradition, though, lay people would receive Dharma names as well uh, when they took their refuge ceremony. So actually, they kind of, it wasn't necessarily personalized, though mine was because I was the only person getting refuge. But I had seen in some of the other Chinese traditions where the Buddhist teacher just had a prepared stack of uh, names that they would give to each of the persons as they took refuge and came up. He would just pick from a pile. So it, I don't believe it was actually intentioned um, for each person. But in uh, then when I became uh, um, uh, studying under uh, Japanese uh, Nichiren Buddhism, I received... Uh, a new name, uh, which was Kanjin, which is my current name. Now, in Nichiren Buddhism, the name also changes. So, 
A lay person can receive a name. That's an unordained person. An ordained person can receive a name. And then even within the ranks of being ordained, there are different levels based on different training. So, for instance, if somebody attends the 100-day ascetic training, the Dai Aragyo, <clears throat> they then receive a uh, another name. And then when we pass away, we receive another name called the Kaimyo. Though that Kaimyo, or a Buddhist name, they call it a, like a name for posterity or posthumous name, uh, that they that relates to the ancestor, you can receive that before passing away uh, if you had accomplished some great task or, or contributed to the Sangha that you might be granted that uh, honor. So let's begin with the first one. So as a, as a lay person, um, in the way that I do it is that obviously I pick the name specifically for the person that is... Um, uh, for for the ceremony that obviously in, in Nichiren Buddhism, we give it to a lay person who has um, accomplished or contributed something really uh, fantastic or important to the Sangha. And so that shows their great faith and dedication, which of course is an inspiration to others. So one of the things that a Buddhist teacher could, could do is give them a Buddhist name Um and of course, uh, I give a Buddhist name based on uh, the the relationship with the student and also um, their level of understanding and faith. Just like in the idea of giving somebody a gohonzon or mandala, uh, they it's a symbol of faith. So is a Buddhist name. But also what a Buddhist name is, is that when a Buddhist name is picked, it also gives us a direction. So when you're given a Buddhist name, it's actually something that your Buddhist teacher aspires for you that that's perhaps something uh you know there are many things you're probably good or easily or natural at but then there are things that you're probably challenged with and of course buddhism if we didn't have those things to change why would we need to practice but uh working on our weaknesses uh to bring them up to par with our strengths so that we can of course uh move closer towards uh awakening now so the Buddhist name is usually made up of two characters, and those characters come together to form a concept. So, for instance, if somebody, I'm just going to pick one here, um, they use the name Khan, right? So Khan, just because in uh, it sounds the same as Khan as in Khanjin, it, it's not the same character. That's why in understanding Khanjin, it's actually quite useful Um because people can have similar sounding names, but the, the calligraphy or kanji uh, character is different. So if we use, uh, let's see here, kanko. Uh, kanko means, uh, kan is a kind of feeling or sense, and then ko is a filial, uh, or um, respect for one's ancestors or families, or being uh, upholding one's uh, how do you say it? traditions, etc., uh, which we use, of course, in the idea of filial piety. So that would be given to someone, for instance, that if I wanted to accentuate, accentuate, or give them some how do you say direction towards uh, understanding the concept of filial piety within their practice. So. Also, the receiving of a Buddhist name is, is not just giving us a direction, but it's allowing us to realize the idea of impermanence. That we, you know, we are given a lot of times birth names or even uh, kind of 
uh, like uh, Joe or Joey or kind of nicknames throughout our life. But as we know, you know, for instance, uh, my birth name was Michael. And of course, when I was very young, people called me Mikey, right? Like Mikey likes it type thing. And uh, so, you know, though today I don't necessarily identify with that word or name. Uh, of course, it was given to my parents. And of course, I have, of course, the last name. But in Buddhism, this is a kind of realization that um, everything is constantly changing. So technically, when we practice Buddhism, uh, if we want to change something. So we want to, in a way, leave home. That means leave the comforts of just everyday life and even um, the creature comforts of what we consider home sweet home uh, to go out into the world and to actually study and practice and learn. And that takes a lot of strength. You know, I grew up in a really small little town uh, with so many wonderful people. And, and it, it's a very lovely and comfortable place that actually I love to go back and visit all the time uh, because I, I really enjoy being comfortable and peaceful there. However, all of us uh, need to go out into the world and that, that takes a certain kind of bravery uh, to kind of leave home. So that means even leaving parents. And, and that's why when people become monks, it's called the ones who have left home. Uh, and that lay people are considered home dwellers. But actually, a householder or a layperson means that they actually are just head of the household. But as a Buddhist practitioner, they also have left their parents' home. And what that means is that we then, uh, you know, our parents take care of us, nourish us, educate us, uh, so does a lot of people in our community, that we then become a part of the community, a contributing part to give back, to support our elders and the young children that we then become leaders for a time being until we become the elderly, right? And uh, so Buddhists, the idea is that we have to, in some way, want something more than just the everyday, and that we're not, you know, even though we uh, still contribute and uh, exist within that, that we're not totally taken in by it, that our true path is that of a Buddhist practitioner. So even though one is a householder, uh, and, and this is true in many cases, they are usually extremely dedicated, sometimes more than priests who get to, or monks that get to do it all day, every day, uh, because they're actually doing two di more difficult things where priests or monks can focus on the Dharma. Uh, lay people have to juggle family, community, everything else. Uh, and then with the Dharma is their priority. And And sometimes that's why I see a lot of times, even with householders, that their love of the Dharma is actually strong stronger than even that of clergy because they don't take it for granted. And uh, that's the idea of one who leaves home. So the idea of accepting a new Dharma name means that we're on a path. And that means we've accepted, taken refuge under the Buddhist teaching, taken the precepts as our guides for social and community behavior. And now we go into the practice of Buddhism through the regulations and the other limbs of yoga and practice and study that we um, then put faith in the Lotus Sutra you know, and, and follow a particular lineage or path. And <clears throat> for that, you must leave home because if you don't leave home, uh, you always have a place to go back to. You'll never go into the mountains. You'll never go on the path. That That's a really important thing because people who are really 
fearful. And most people, and it's a type of fear. We always, fear is usually what prevents people from doing or exploring or experiencing anything new. That that fear of the unknown. But actually, as a Buddhist, we go into the unknown, which is actually the path towards enlightenment. We, you know, somebody said, especially the Lotus Sutra, it's such a difficult thing because it's not an... it's not a totally explained teaching. It's essence, which essence is really tough to, to grasp and, and more challenging. And then we also don't know, we want to attain this idea of enlightenment, but we, we don't really know what it is. So we really don't know what our goal is. Um, that's a really hard um, choice for people to make. And so the Buddhist name allows us to kind of symbolize that decision from that moment that we are indeed the Buddha's um, uh, students and the Buddha is our teacher, and we take refuge under the Buddha, the Eternal Buddha, the Lotus Sutra, Nichiren and Shonen, etc. And and then hence we go forth. So this is another thing that's very important. You may say, well, what's the significance of it? Buddhism's rituals and teachings are to allow us the ability to take a moment to kind of uh, make a moment memorable and 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 stamp or put a time stamp on a moment. That it allows us, because most people just continue going on, like life is just rolling forward. And even myself, I, I'd done so many things that were accomplishments, but I never took the time to celebrate or acknowledge them, including my degrees from college and graduate school. I didn't even bother to go to um, graduation because I was on to the next thing. But it's very important for us to be involved in life and to acknowledge life. That's why, as Buddhists, we use these practices of ceremony and tradition uh, to allow us and and the idea of our ignorant selves to be aware of the significance of a moment and, and to actually be fully in, engaged and involved. So by receiving that Buddha na- Buddhist name, Homyo, it, it gives us a direction as to uh, what our Buddhist teacher hopefully allows us to do. And and again, with the Chinese tradition, Huai Gan was simply acknowledging that I had deep roots in the Dharma. So therefore, that that is because the teacher believed that I was able to, uh, it was obvious from my childhood and that, that there was some kind of connection as a priest in the past life or rebirth, uh, so to speak. So um, that it was so natural for me. And, and that was acknowledged through that Buddhist name. And then Kanjin, uh, when I became Skomoto Sensei's student to become a Shami, about 21 or 22, uh, he used the first character of his name, Khan, which each tradition kind of uses the same to link it to a teacher or towards uh, like a, how do you say, a strand of traditional Buddhism, even within Nichiren Buddhism. So there are many traditions. And so um, the the character Khan is in the idea of Shikan, which means the sea, but it's a kind of deeper seeing, like a true seeing. Like as if you had not only x-ray eyes, but also the ability to see uh, into people's characters, to see what's really going on rather than the kind of illusion. Because that's why they use an idea of shikan, stopping and truly seeing, truly awakening. Create, and they use the idea of insight. And then Jin, uh, originally, the second character was different than it is now. And that meant to look at and see into oneself deeply. So with that, as being a shami, I only had the capacity to study myself. And, and that was the purpose of being a novice uh, priest as a shami. Uh, and 
that was simply uh, to look and develop my own uh, awareness, my own understanding through the kata or forms that were given to me by Sukumoto Sensei. And of course, I'm referring back to the concept of shuhari that we spoke of before, right? So shuhari form, principle, and ethics. Um, so you can go back to that other podcast to listen to. And then there's a great podcast uh, by a bunch of Aikido teachers that are really wonderful people who have really great experience in that, if you take a look online. Um, and so that gave me a direction that my 10 years of being a shami, until my teacher realized that I had attained that form of being able to be self-reflective, uh, and that means looking at every aspect of one's behavior, uh, awareness, you know, everything without the idea of I, because if I could have fixed it, there's no point in having a Buddhist teacher, right? Uh, That's also why we have to be very careful who our Buddhist teacher is, because we almost take so much that we can actually feel as if we've lost ourselves uh, in learning the form. But actually later, as we learn through principle and ethics, that we then realize our true self because most of us are just living in the conceptual idea of self right so you believe you know who you are and what you are and you've created this and you put a lot of money and time in it so it's very precious but it doesn't really mean anything (laughs) in the reality so then when i was ready to go to the first training in going from a novice priest to the first rank of priest which doesn't mean independent priest uh, or a teacher. It means that one uh, then takes the next step. Uh, he changed the second character to Shin, but also pronounced as Jin. So it was still Kan Jin. But this was also in the concept of Kan Jin Hodzon Shou, right? Seeing into the true heart, into the true aspects. And, and the reason why he gave that to me is that because through... Uh, The concept was that through the form, through the self-evaluation, the practice of study as a novice, uh, one was then able to uh, actually, in a way, get out of my own way so that I could see and help others, right? Because as we know, we're usually our biggest uh, blockage um, to any kind of assistance that we can give others because of our judgments, our ignorance, etc. So that meant that as a priest, I was able to help and support others' hearts and minds. So the second being heart, to see into their hearts, to recognize their hearts, to be aware. And absolutely it was true because, um, you know, 10 years is a long way to grow up, but there's a difference because um, through that shami training, that novice training, I could go beyond, even though I didn't perceive it as selfishness or arrogance and that, it it all became very evident, right, and realistic to me that I could have, I have to work through it. Um, because once you see it, <laughs> you know, you can pretend, try to stick your head in the ground, but sometimes it's a lot, you know, once you see it, it's hard to go back, especially if you really want to and you you trust in the Buddhism and, and the teacher, they'll make it fairly obvious. And then it, it, you're going to have to deal with it one way or another. You can't always run away, even though you can spend a lot of time doing that, but hopefully less than more. And uh, so then I was given the name uh, Kanjin. Then as I went on uh, in my study and practice, uh, I had the opportunity um, to uh, attend a training uh, at the Onjuin, Dai Aragyo. 
And during that Dayara Guild, they awarded me a Nietzsche name. And I say awarded because it's a gift, a very kind gift by Reverend Toda, Myozen In, Nito Shonen. And it seems like a very long name, but um, the Nietzsche name, of course, is our founder, Nichiren Shonen. It's a very precious name. Um, and uh, that's very sacred uh, for people. So uh, the Myozen, Myo is, of course, from Myo, wonderful, from the, uh, the Lotus Sutra. Zen is uh, from Zen, uh, Zen which is uh, Toda Sensei's main character. In means like temple. And then Nichi is of course Sun Ni. To is To because my teacher's name is Kanto. So the second character of Skmoto Sensei's Dharma name is To, which means to climb. So this was kind of an admonition of me climbing. Uh, as much as possible, and of course, in climbing, it's both dangerous and difficult to to climb a mountain. So it was it was given me this kind of mission that my life would be that of climbing uh, difficult mountains. Uh, hopefully, uh, not for myself, but for the edification of the Dharma and the support and the compassion for others. Uh, so that was, of course, a very deep uh, and important meaning to me. So. Um, the Nietzsche name in Nietzsche and Buddhism is extremely, um, uh, how do you say, such an honor to receive. So not everybody, not every priest has it. Um, and then, of course, we go on and, and then if when somebody passes away, they get a much longer name, uh, which is created by the priest. And interesting, uh, what does it mean? You'll see these Oihai or memorial tablets at the temple. And basically, they're sharing with you that person's life, right? So that that person's accomplishments, um, if they had a Buddhist name, it's also in there. Also, what was their, um, you know, faith like? Were they very deep practitioners of the temple? This could all be explained so that obviously after not only 100 years, which is 50 years, most people don't realize or know who that person is. But by reading the Buddhist name, the kaimyo, uh, the memorial name, you can be able to understand what kind of character that person was. That, that's pretty phenomenal because we have uh, oihai in our temple that we can then really understand that person's character. And so it's always an honor for me to give that name to people who wish to have a Buddhist funeral. So it's given at, at Buddhist funerals, if if so requested. Um, I'm not going to go into the, you know, the challenges that they have in Japan or the cause that they do, uh, because that's not what I do. Um, so that's something you can read online. Uh, I think that's changing as well. Uh, people used to pay for each character and also characters sometimes um, uh, that would be kind of uh, not polite in a way so you can study all of that but actually i consider it a really wonderful honor uh, to do that and, and to preserve someone's legacy uh in the form of a buddhist name showing their faith in that so um this weekend we had a tokudo which means entering into the uh priest training as a novice uh ceremony for um, um, one of my students and he was given the name uh zentoku uh, and of course, toku was the idea of uh, realizing uh, virtue, uh, and, and that was uh, an important name uh, to give him, and, and for him to uh, hopefully uh, work towards, uh, because that is one of my aspirations for him. So, as you can see, it's a really wonderful 
um, experience. Uh, of course, it's it's always uh, if you if you have any questions, always ask your teacher. Uh, if you need to ask me, please go ahead. And uh, I appreciate everyone taking the time to listen to these podcasts. And uh, if you have an opportunity and you're looking for a sangha, please feel free to join us at uh, www.nkyojibuddhistnetwork.org. And then my own temple here in Seattle, www.seattlebuddhist.org. And I thank all of you for your time, your energy, and your practice. Uh, I wish you all well, and I look forward to our next conversation. Namu myoho renge kyo.